Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash. You're listening to episode 223 of Chat Disney. Welcome back to the Chat Disney podcast. And this week, I'm really, really excited because we're going to be talking about two of my favorite topics, Disney music and Disney parks, because this episode is, of course, our music from around the Disney park. So we're going to be doing a big discussion about all of the different kinds of music that you might find in a Disney park. And we're going to be giving our ranking for our top 10 picks of the best Disney park music as well. But before we head into all of that, let's have a quick look at what's been happening in the world of Disney this week. Kicking off with the OG Park Disneyland, and for a limited time only, the Jose Tiki Mug will be coming to Disneyland to celebrate 60 years of the Tiki Room. I've had a look at this. It really reminds me of one of those, like, men on mugs. Do you know what I mean? Like those old-fashioned, you see them displayed in pubs sometimes. My parents used to have one. Mercedes is looking very confused. I'm going to send you a picture of what I mean, and you'll be like... I I have no idea. It reminds me of a, um, you know, those, like, gluggle jugs, the fish... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know what you mean. Uh, Yeah, I think it's like a combination. But anyway, um, and also pricing has been released for this year's Oogie Boogie Bash and tickets start from $130 per person with the most expensive tickets rising up to $189, depending on how close to Halloween you visit. Oh, Spenny. But there are normally some really cool rare characters at the Oogie Boogie Bash. So if you are heading to Disneyland, I would definitely recommend And speaking of American Disney parks, a little bit of news from Walt Disney World this week. And Walt Disney World continues to celebrate Pride Month this month, obviously, month of June. And we spoke a little bit about the rainbow-colored Pride Mickey. uh, I think it was a a cookie sandwich or something last week or a cinnamon roll, I think it might have been. And there were even more limited-time-only Pride snacks and also art installations around the resort as well. So, yeah, love it. Love to see it. Absolutely. And heading over to Disneyland Paris and the opening time frame for Casa de Coco Restaurant de Familia has been officially updated from June 2023 to summer 2023. I'm not surprised. There's always push pushbacks with these things. But yeah, I would love to visit this on my next trip. Cars Road Trip is now closed for refurbishment until July the 8th. Bad news, I say sarcastically, if you aren't going anytime soon. And the Agrabah Cafe has been reopened. And I'm gutted it wasn't open the last time I went to Disneyland Paris. Yeah, I think you would have really liked the food there. But never mind, there's always a reason to go back. And there is your reason to go back now. And final bit of news for this week. And we're looking at movies, movie news. And there is a Disney short entitled Once Upon a Studio, which is going to debut before the latest Disney classic Wish later on this year when it hits cinemas. So this animation, Once Upon a Studio, is going to be a celebration of Disney characters past and present. And it's as part of the bigger Disney 100 celebrations. Once Upon a Studio will be directed by Dan Abraham and Trent Corey, who were the masterminds behind Once Upon a Snowman, which is one of my favorite Disney shorts. And it will be nine minutes in length, which is quite long for a short. 
and it is said to bring back more than 400 different characters from Disney's animated history and they're going to be in a bit of a live action setting. I am so excited. So there'll be a real combination of hand-drawn and CGI animated characters and Dan Abraham described Once Upon a Studio as being a bit of a love letter to Disney Animation and a thank you to anyone in the audience that's ever connected with a film over the last 100 years, which I'm guessing is pretty much every human being on the planet. Now, 40 voice actors have been confirmed to be on board to reprise their roles in the short. And one of those, and honestly, this gives me goosebumps, is so exciting, is Robin Williams. So there's actually some never heard before material from when Robin Williams was voicing the genie back in Aladdin in 1992 or prior to that. And that's going to be included in this. So we're going to have brand new material from Robin Williams as the genie. Honestly, I genuinely have like little hairs on the back of my neck sticking up. And Josh Gad, who obviously very famously voices Olaf, took to Instagram and said, I nearly cried when I was told that Olaf was going to appear alongside the genie, utilising this previously unheard audio from my idol. Mate, I am so excited for this. I mean, I'm actually quite looking forward to wish but if I wasn't I would be going to the cinema just to see this maybe they should have put it through put it before elementals because I'm pretty sure that movie is going to flop because it looks awful maybe <laughs> well there were actually the speaking of elementals and final bit of movies really is the final bit of movie news going from that big high the, the Elementals premiere took place last week and there were some fur character versions of the two main protagonists, the the fire girl and the water guy. I don't know what their names are yet. And um, they look terrifying. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yes, I agree. They, uh, they don't look Disney and Pixar standard. No, definitely not. But there we are. But yeah, I'm with you. I think Once Upon a Studio is... It's funny, actually, Dan Abraham and Trent Quarry really are masterminds because Once Upon a Snowman was on before a movie at the cinema. I can't remember which movie it was now. And I attended just because of that. So there we go. A winning formula. You know what they're doing. Definitely. And that is pretty much everything that's been happening in the world of Disney this week. We are now going to head into the final part of today's episode. We're going to talk about the music of the Disney parks. So music's a bit of a theme throughout June on the Chat Disney podcast. We just spoke about the Disney 100 concert that Tash and I attended at the O2. Next week, Tash is going to be attending another Disney musical as well. So you've got that to look forward to. So we thought this week, why not talk about some of our favorite Disney music? the music that features around the Disney parks and resorts globally. So we're going to have a bit of a discussion about it and we're going to pick out some of our favourites along the way. Tash and I have both got five favourites that we're that we're going to talk about. So I don't know if this is on your list, Tash. We have not exchanged notes. But when I think about Disney park music, the first thing I think about is that sort of Main Street USA turn of the century like loop that they have I, I don't even know what you would call it right but that kind of like burr, 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 like kind of um yeah it kind of feels like 1900 circus festival fair yeah absolutely it's just very very jolly and yeah very 
I yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like you go in, you could go in blindfolded and not know where you were and hear that music and be like, I'm on Main Street, I'm in Disney. Um, yeah, it's so you need I I love that music. I think you need to have that iconic music playing because you know, if you imagine those parks, but you picture somewhere like Thought Park, do they play music going around? I have no idea, but I can't imagine. I think, I think they do. I think they do. It's kind of like intense music. <laughs> But music is so atmospheric. And I think that the way the Walt Disney Company do it and play it in the parks and play different music in different areas is so key. It's part of the experience. And again, I know I always say this, but it's that thing that you might miss if you're rushing around. You might not realise what is being played on Main Street, for example. So if you do take it a little bit slower and you take that time, then you can tune into stuff like that and it really does enhance the experience. It does indeed. So this, I guess, kind of ties me in nicely to one of my picks for today's episode as one of my favourite bits of Disney music. So kicking us off with number one, and this is absolutely not in order, this is just as we as we discuss, we'll, we'll talk about anything that's sort of related. I've got the Pirates of the Caribbean cue loop. And this isn't yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. This is the one that's like, I'm going to do a really terrible impression now. It's like, and then occasionally it'll be like, I actually think you did a really good impression there. Because when you said the loop, the loop music, I couldn't picture what it was. And as soon as you did the, it literally, I could hear it. And there's like tropical bits as well, where it's like, it always sounds a bit jungle booky. It's like, I'm not doing <laughs> occasionally it goes into yo ho yo ho, but that's not the bit I like. I like the and all the like all that kind of stuff. Um so yeah, so that's my, <laughs> my first pick and um, is that Pirates of the Caribbean loop music. And actually, if you go on YouTube and type in Pirates of the Caribbean Q line music, someone's made like a two-hour loop of it. So you can just have it on in the background while you're working and maybe light a maple and whiskey um candle to you know get the smells of the pirates of the caribbean water maybe like get a bottle of water out of the car that's been sat in there for like two days that's gone a bit weird and then like sniff that with the candle play the music and you'll basically be in the queue for pirates of the caribbean absolutely yeah i that's not on on my list um but no that is that is a very good shout and very very iconic to pirates of the caribbean as a side note i love this is not on my list either nothing to do with pirates is on my list but i love in shanghai disneyland in um pirate cove treasure cove treasure cove um which is like the pirates of the caribbean area they play the um hands in a score as you're walking around and obviously that hands in a score is just beautiful and it really sets the scene when you're walking through that land and I absolutely love that it's one of probably that probably makes it my favorite area of Shanghai Disneyland actually okay well it's almost like we planned this we did not and um, I've got an honorable mention so this isn't one of my five <laughs> but one of my favorite pieces of music of all time honestly it's probably top five pieces of music for me is Elizabeth and Will's theme from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise and again, I encourage you, pause the episode, go and listen on Spotify or YouTube as we're talking about these pieces of music. This is the one that's like, da 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 It's that one. Um, and it plays in the Pirates of the Caribbean 
uh, Shanghai attraction because that attraction which we've spoken about lots and lots on the podcast before is very different from all of the other parts of the Caribbeans around the world and one of the big differences is the Hans Zimmer score but it's not just you know the the main theme I can't even think how it goes now duh duh Da, 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 da. it's not it's not just that right as tash said it's the whole score and you hear the whole score in treasure cove but especially on that ride and that moment as well where they start playing will and elizabeth's theme it's when you're underwater and it's oh it's just absolutely amazing like if you think you're not going to get into shanghai which realistically with covid and everything at the moment um it's still really difficult for people to get into china so you're probably not going to go for five ten years and realistically then the technology probably won't look that good anyway so go on youtube and watch the pov (laughs) is what i'm saying spoil it for yourself because it is worth it honestly and so yeah not in my list um but an honorable mention so sticking with the theme then tash of kind of like these atmospheric pieces of music were there any others that you wanted to mention did any make your list or just are there any other sort of honorable mentions that you have so i mean (laughs) Kind of going with attractions and, you know, how the music creates the atmosphere in those. I've actually got two on my list. So one, and this is one of my absolute favourite pieces of park music, is the score that they play on Soaring. I love that music. I think it's so epic and it's really emotional as well. Every time I go on that ride, which I think my days are numbered, I have said this before because of my fear of heights getting worse, that music really kind of lifts me up and makes me excited. And on many occasions, it has brought a tear to my eye. I think that ride would be nothing without that. And even when I listen to it quite a lot at home, I have it on a Disney playlist. And I love hearing little, like, tiny, really subtle changes in the music and being like, oh, this is this bit. So I'm talking about not soaring over California, just soaring over the horizon, I think it's called now, or just soaring. Um, um, I think in Florida, it's over the world over the world okay I think in Shanghai it was maybe was soaring over the horizon and that was just soaring it is um yeah so and it takes me back to being on that ride and I can picture exactly like now we're in Fiji oh and now we're like in the Sahara Desert and we're seeing the animals and I love that and it's almost like you know how memory is always always linked sight sound smell etc it's almost like I hear this bit of music and then I'm like I can smell what that Fiji bit smells like. And I love that, you know me, love nostalgia, anything that can invoke that in me, bring it on. Um, I actually learned something about this. So this was composed by Jerry Goldsmith and he actually composed a lot of the um, short themes that accompany like movie logos before movies. So he did the Universal Studios opening, for example, and he did a bunch of other movies as well. I thought that was quite a cool little fact. That is very interesting. I did not know that. I'm going to stick with um, your theme as well. You said you've got two, but I'm going to jump in quickly and do one of mine um, because it's another attraction. And I know that you won't have this because I don't think you've been on it. I could be wrong, but I don't think you have. Um, I've got Nothing Can Stop Us Now from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which I know a lot of people hate this song my husband is one of those people um my sister's never even been on this ride but she's watched pov videos of it and she sings it to him to wind him up i love it it is so catchy 
And there's an irony to it. Mickey and Minnie sitting in a car going, nothing stop us now. And then something does stop them. There's like a giant explosion. Like it's it's just brilliant. It's really catchy. And I think all of the music on that attraction is good. And bearing in mind, this is coming from somebody who was a huge fan of the great movie ride. I was devastated when they replaced it with this. And I was cross because it's the new style of Minnie and Mickey. And I was like, how could they allow this? It's a really good ride. And I love that song. I don't know this. I'm really intrigued now. I don't want to see a POV, but I might have to Spotify just to listen to, to that song. But yeah, I'm quite surprised if it's uh, Minnie and Mickey's little high-pitched voices singing away that this is actually on your list. It's really, yeah. I mean, you're going to listen to it on Spotify and be like, what is she talking about? But it's just... It's really catchy. Like I can't, I can't explain. And it just makes me feel happy because again, to your point, Tash, about nostalgia and like sending you somewhere, I just feel like I'm on that ride and it's one of my favorite Hollywood studios attractions. So I just, yeah, I really like it. I'm intrigued. What was your other ride attraction music? It's a bit of a rogue one um, and it's from Tokyo Disney Sea and it's the song, um, from Sinbad's storybook Voyage. Um, I forget what it's called. It's called um, Compass of Your Heart. one. That's it, huh? This is a rogue one. It is a rogue one, but it's called Compass of Your Heart and it is composed by Alan Menken. So it is very, very nice to listen to. It does a perfect job of telling that story. I'm not really familiar with the stories of of Sinbad. I I believe he was a sailor. I think it's like a a Middle East tale um, about his adventures, but... Going into this ride, not really knowing a lot about him. The story, the song sort of starts, the song story, too many S's in this sentence, song story, whatever. The song tells the story perfectly. And it's really not, I mean, it's Alan Menken, right? One of the greatest Disney composers of, of all time. And it wouldn't be out of place in a Disney movie. I mean, even if you just listen to like an instrumental piano version of this, I have one on my son's lullaby um, playlist that we play at night to get him to sleep. And it's just a really beautiful piece of music and I love it. And I think it's very, very niche. I know a lot of people have not been fortunate enough to go to Tokyo Disney Resort, but if you do ever get a chance, I don't really rate the ride that much, but this song definitely makes it worth having a go on that ride. Awesome. And it's it's really nice when they get really talented people to come and do some of these things. I mean, Tom Fletcher famously wrote the music for the Shanghai fireworks, which is really, really cool. And he said that that was like the biggest accomplishment of his life, even bigger than like, you know, selling out arenas worldwide when he was in McFly. He said the thing he was the most proud of was was writing the music for the Shanghai Disney fireworks. Podrick Hall as well was asked to write the parade music for Disneyland as well. And there's an amazing video of him standing on Main Street USA the day that they debuted the parade. And he's like high-fiving all of the performers and everything. And again, you can just see such a big Disney fan that is such a dream come true. So I love it when they take these talents. Um, Another one that brings to mind as well is Danny Elfman, who I believe does Mystic Manor. Um, So yeah, I just, I think it's really, really awesome when they get these composers. And again, it goes back to their legacy, right? The Sherman brothers wrote it's a small world which is probably one of my least favorite pieces of disney park music and so yeah i think it's um again it just kind of goes back to disney's roots bringing the movies and the parks together connecting all of it and getting these really talented composers and musicians globally to contribute to you know one of the greatest experiences theatrical experiences ever which is a, a disney a disney park 
Absolutely. Yeah, you're spot on there. So we've touched upon attractions and kind of atmospheric music. Um, what about parades and shows, that kind of thing? Any special shout outs there? I've I've got a few, um, <laughs> she says. I'm like, which one do I want to have as like my official official one? I'll do, do you know what? Let's talk about Disneyland Paris to start with. I've I've got two. My honorable mention is Il Monsicilu. Il Monsicilu. Hang on, what is it? Il Monsicilu. And it means like you light up the sky or something. It's the Disney 30th music. We're going to dream a little bit. That's my honorable mention. So that doesn't. I find that one quite irritating. I don't know Did why. You? Yeah, I don't know why. You saw the parade. Yeah, yeah, I like the parade, but what? I don't hate it. I just, it's not one I would put as an honorable mention. Okay, interesting. I love that. Really love that. But that's not what I've gone for. This is so predictable. This is the most predictable piece of music I'm going to talk about today. But I have got the greatest parade music of all time, and I will die on this hill. I've got dancing a catchy rhythm. So I saw this a few times in Disneyland Paris in the late 90s, early noughties. I think it was the Wonderful World of Disney Parade, which was oh just such a good parade. It started with Steamboat Willie and it kind of went through. You had like Dumbo and Jungle Book and it was all the classics. And that Steamboat Willie float was just amazing. It like properly rocked and it was just, yeah, fantastic. And so this is the um, song with the very famous line, just like Alice, you're in Wonderland. Um, or take my hand and just like Alice you're in Wonderland it, everyone knows this song right it's a, it's a well maybe you don't if you're newer to Disney Park so you didn't go to Disneyland Paris in the late 90s and early noughties I would definitely recommend giving this one a listen my mum actually bought this for us on CD when we were in the park because that's how much we loved it so she bought us an album of Disney Park music. So it had like Pirates of the Caribbean, Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, Pirates Life for Me. It had like um, Grim Grinning Ghosts and, um, you know, It's a Small World, all of that. And it also had dancing a catchy rhythm and that's the reason she purchased the cd because obviously back then you couldn't stream music or listen on youtube or whatever so the only way that we could remember this amazing song was by having the cd and i used to play it all the time um and choreograph little like parade dances to it and stuff i think it's yeah is it the greatest piece of disney music of all time no but the nostalgia and the memories that i have because of this music and i think that's why so many people love it yeah, I mean, I think that is invaluable, really, isn't it? It's definitely, I would say, one of the more well-known ones. I think, like, even people that haven't maybe seen that parade are probably familiar with it. I don't know why I think that, but I just think that it seems to, I don't know, I, I just get the impression that a lot of people know that song. Um, I've also got another one from Disneyland Paris, um, and I have got Ready for the Ride, which is the latest song, um, which is, it's not for the main parade, it's for the Dream Dream Big Shine Brighter, the little 30th kind of parade, mini parade, cavalcade that kind of goes up Main Street and then goes around the castle. You've got some characters there, you've got Mickey and Minnie and the gang. I, I do like that as a parade. They do have some random character pairings, so like, on one of the floats or one or who the characters that get off one of the floats. I think we had Rapunzel and Peter Pan, which is quite an odd combination to together to be performing, but but whatever, I digress. I just love that music. I think it's so catchy. It's so happy. Obviously, 
it will always remind me of the first time I took my son to Disneyland Paris and the first parade that he saw. We actually saw that before the main parade. Um, so yeah, I just love that piece of music. I listen to it all the time at home. Brilliant. I love it. Disneyland Paris is smashing out the bangers. We love this. They're not so good with food, but clearly music is an area in which they thrive. And sticking with Paris, I don't have a parade. So I feel like this is a slightly different category. And um, so now we're moving into kind of shows and things like that. And I have got a very specific piece of music. So I've spoken about this on the podcast before and any kind of diehard Disneyland Paris fans will already be well versed in this. Disney Dreams was without doubt the greatest nighttime spectacular to have ever made its way to Disneyland Paris. Now, for Wishes, um, not Wishes, Wishes is it? See, I can't even remember what it's called. That's how awful it was. Illuminations. For Illuminations, I will give that the benefit of the doubt because I was lucky enough to see it actually in Shanghai. It was the opening day, the, the, the grand opening fireworks show in Shanghai and ran for several years. And it worked beautifully in Shanghai because you've got that huge castle and it just, it was designed for Shanghai. It did not translate for Disneyland Paris. For some reason, there were just not very many fireworks as well. And it left a lot of fans really, really missing Disney dreams, which was nothing short of perfection. And they didn't really need to change it because everyone loved it. It was very strange, but they did. But it is back, which is fantastic. So Disney dreams has returned to Disneyland Paris. And my favorite piece of music from Disney dreams is the opening. And honestly, it makes me feel emotional when I think about it. It starts with a choir. It's a choir singing the second star to the right from Peter Pan. And you just see one solo firework fly over the castle. And then it does a little bang and it's silent. And then they'll do the next line. So it's like the second star to the right, da, 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 bang, silence. Again, bang, silence. It's so like ghostly and chilling because it's this really gorgeous it sounds like a child's choir actually it's just gorgeous go and check it out on youtube if you've not seen it before um yeah it again really really specific of me but i wanted to get some firework nighttime music in there and for me that's the ultimate one Interesting. So you mentioned Illuminations there, and I have a piece that is actually from Illuminations slash Ignite the Dream, which is Illuminations in Shanghai. And again, it's a similar sort of thing. It is the opening of that show, and it's the a dream is your a wish your heart makes. And I love the way that they just do that, where they're lighting up the castle and you see the stars sparkling over it and everything. And in Shanghai, it's sang in Mandarin. And then in Paris, it's, 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 I thought it was sang in French, but it's sang in English, isn't it? It is. It's, it's that really annoying kind of like twinky American, a dream is a wish. Like, really, it's a, I don't it's like very, it. Yeah, see, I don't normally like that, but it's very, very Disney. And I love it on this. And just the way that they the music builds. And then at the end, it's like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and then it goes into... I think Akuna Matata or something. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love that. Every time I hear that music, it gives me goosebumps because it just makes me think of the um, Ignite the Dream fireworks in, in Shanghai, which I know is the same as Illuminations, but it was much better in Shanghai, I will say. Yes, 
I, I will give her this one, and she's not just got her Shanghai tinted glasses on. It does work better in Shanghai, like without doubt. It, it wasn't designed for that castle in Paris. It doesn't work. And I agree. I think there's something about it being, if it was in French, it would be more beautiful, I think. I, don't, I think so there's something about having the Mandarin. Like I loved, again, <laughs> going back to Disney Dreams, but be our guest because um, it's je le fais, which means it's a party, it's a party. And it's Lumiere, like je le fais, je le fais. And it just feels so French. I love when they have a French movie in French, in France. Like, it, I just love that. It's, also, they have, um, I think this actually is in uh, Illuminations or Ignite the Dream, the Quasimodo out there section. And obviously, or maybe that was Disney Dreams. I think that was Disney Dreams as well. Um, Tash will know. Is, is yeah, Quasim- like, I've not seen that. Oh, that's Disney. Dreams. I would have loved oh. that if that was in. Yeah, and it's in and it's in French. It's um the the lyric is ooh there I think something like that, and I think that's why Disney Dreams worked because it was so French and like you're in France and oh I'm so happy it's back and um yeah hopefully you'll get to enjoy it soon Tash. Fingers crossed. Um, I've got one more. Um. Yeah, I've got one more on my list. I was just having uh, having a check through. And it is a show. I wonder if you've got a show as well. I do not have a show. And I feel like I know what yours is. And I feel like I'm going to jump in with mine first. Because if you end on this, I think you'll never forgive me. <laughs> okay, I'm very intrigued. So... This didn't really come up in conversation. Maybe that's for a reason. I feel like you're going to be so mad at me. You're going to be like, that does not count. But I don't care. It's one of my favourites. So, <laughs> we've spoken about like these beautiful, like instrumental instrumental pieces when you're milling around and, you know, the rides for the attractions and things that were written for Disney parks, Disney shows, Disney nighttime spectaculars. And obviously Tash is going to end on a banger in a second with another show, which I'm very excited about. But something that also sometimes happens in Disney parks is we get modern music. Tash is like, oh. Yeah. I think I know where you're going with this, but carry on. Are you? Yes, I do. I think from your California 2019 trip? No, but I can see why you think that. It's actually from my Walt Disney World 2022 trip, but it's like the same. Yeah, she knows. I have got Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears from the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind coaster. Now, it's one of those things where... When you watch Wreck-It Ralph and they've got Shut Up and Drive by Rihanna, you're like, what are you doing with your soul and your life? This doesn't work. (laughs) But Guardians, it does. And I feel like with that attraction, so for those of you that aren't familiar, it's a roller coaster in, in Walt Disney World in Epcot. And every time you ride it, you can get a different piece of music. I think there are four in total. And it's just epic beyond compare. Now, Tash, I think, was alluding to Mission Breakout when I went to California in 2019, which does the same thing, has different music. I feel like with this attraction, this coaster in in Florida, they've successfully done what Universal tried to do with the Rip Ride Rocket. So the Rip Ride Rocket coaster in Universal, you basically pick what song you listen to and you actually pick it. You've got like a, a 
a screen in front of you and you pick the song. And again, I think it's because of that power of music, like you're being thrown around in a roller coaster listening to your favorite song. It's quite, quite cool and quite powerful, but it doesn't quite work there because it's not been designed to the music. Whereas here, yes, you can't control the song you're going to get. So you might end up with the conga, which I'm really glad I didn't get because I'd have been really disappointed. But I can't tell you, like, being thrown backwards and it being like, duh, 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 duh. It's like, welcome to your, and you're like, yeah, welcome to my life. Like, and it's, and it's amazing how powerful it is. And one of the times I went on it, I also had September, which Tash is really into kind of 70s Motown, so she would have loved this. And it changed the ride. It felt more lighthearted. Like, it didn't feel as intense. It, and, like, my husband and I were both drunk as well because we'd been drinking around the world. And we were there like, woohoo, ah, Whereas before, it felt very serious and very epic. So, yeah, it's not Disney music, but... I'm a big fan of both of the Guardians attractions in the States. And I do think that the music is what makes them really, really special. I don't like that you've got this on the list, but <laughs> me per se. But I do think that it does sound amazing. And I would love to ride this attraction purely for the music. And I can imagine it goes quite addictive. Um, I didn't know the conga was one of the songs. I mean, that would be a severe disappointment. What's what are the other choices? Do you know? There's four, and I did have the other one. Uh, it was oh, um, Disco Inferno. Okay. Oh, I would have I would have liked that as well. Yeah, in any of those three, but but not the conga. Conga. But yeah, I totally want you know know what you mean when you say about the music with the ride. I mean, it's you know think about one of the most famous rides that is done to music, and of course the rock and roller coaster with that Aerosmith soundtrack. I mean, I'm not an Aerosmith fan, but I love Aerosmith when I ride the rock and roller coaster because it goes so well and it really creates that atmosphere, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and again, the Pirates of the Caribbean and Shanghai, like it's amazing because it's got screens and stuff and it goes backwards. But my favorite thing about it is the Hans Zimmer music. Or if we think about something like, hyperspace mountain and you've got the star wars music it does make it feel more epic but yeah i knew you wouldn't be happy about that which is why i thought i'd jump in quick so that that wasn't the finale of disney park music because i know what you've got and i know that you're going to take it away and uh, go out with a bit of a bang so i had to have it on my list i of course got the score from phantasmic i mean I was going to say. <laughs> I, can, I, I thought about having Fantasmic. No, I'm going to tell you what I thought you had. And I bet you'll be like, oh, no, I should have put that. Intrigued. What? World of Colour. Yeah, I did think about World of Colour, but I just think that I love that music from Fantasmic so, so much. I could have easily had, if we'd have had a top six, I could have definitely had World of Colour on there. But yeah, I mean, I just think that it goes through so many different elements. I could kind of take out the middle chunk where it's all like the action is happening. But what I love is that beginning bit where it kind of like throws you in and it's that imagination dream a fantastic dream it's so epic and it really gets you excited for the show and then obviously you've got mickey come up you've got that sorcerer's apprentice music absolutely love it and then i love the sequence at the end where you've got everyone dancing on the boat it's just 
then it just that and then it leads into that big finale where Mickey is in his sorcerer's gear on the top of the mountain and he's doing the fireworks and it's raising up the water in time to the music. It's just amazing. And it was it was written by Bonnet, Bonnet Ritchie, who uh, Fantasmic was basically her vision. So I think she did an amazing job with this soundtrack and I just love it so much. Okay, you went out with an even bigger bang than I expected. I really thought you were going to say World of Colour. I'm really glad that you had Fantasmic because I toyed with it. Um, I don't know why. I I guess I couldn't pick a one bit. I kind of was like, well, is it cheating to have a half hour show that encompasses loads of bits of Disney music? But I agree with you. If I had to pick a bit, for me, it's the beginning. That's my favorite bit as well. So there we go. I'm surprised that there's there's a kind of like a few really iconic pieces of Disney music that we don't have. Am I surprised? Probably not. Would they make it on a worse Disney Parks music podcast? Probably. I'm thinking about things like It's a Small World, The Tiki Room. Um, Grim, yeah. Grim, 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 Yeah. Or do you know what? Actually, I could have had another honourable mention, which is the Haunted Mansion loop, which mm, is that. Yeah. Yeah. I like all the loops, to be fair, like the Adventureland loop, the Epcot loop. Like, I just love, that's my favourite thing, um, is walking around and just having the atmosphere. And I remember in Walt Disney Studios in Disneyland Paris for the longest time as part of their loop. And I don't know if it still is the case, but I haven't heard it for a couple of years. They had the music from the end of Pocahontas where she's running up to the cliff, which is mine and Tasha's favorite piece of Disney music of all time. And it was actually being in Walt Disney Studios that made me realize how much I loved it because I was in the queue for the carpets of all things. And um, it started to play. I was, I remember it so clearly. I was with my friends, Dan, Joe and Steph, and it was playing. I must have been like 18. And I was like, this is that bit at the end of Pocahontas. Da, 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 da. And I was like, I can really visualize her running. And it, that's how I realized I loved it because it was taken completely out of context. And I was like, oh my God, this, I feel so like emotional. And Dan and I were like pretending to like run and Steph and Joe were looking at us like we were mental, but we were both like, oh my God, it's that bit. Like, and that's, that's how I realized that I loved that. And that was in a Disney park, even though that's music from a movie. So there we are. Absolutely. So as always, do get in touch and let us know what your top picks are. You can reach us on Instagram at Chat Disney. Or you can find us on Twitter at Chat Disney UK. But the night is still young. We have time for a quick segment. And today Tash is going to let my conscience, that makes no sense. We're going to play Let Your Conscience Be Your Guide. And always let your conscience be your guide. So Let Your Conscience Be Your Guide is a segment where one of us is basically Pinocchio and the other is Jiminy. And today, Tash, you get the pleasure of being one of the greatest Disney characters of all time, Mr. Jiminy Cricket, and you're going to be my conscience. Now, something that we've spoken about a little bit this year on the podcast, and we did a whole episode with dedicated to DLP just a couple of weeks ago. So definitely go on to your podcast app of choice and listen to dedicated to DLP. Tash and I made a little cameo. We were talking all about pregnancy and more specifically babies at Disneyland Paris, which obviously is something that Tash did earlier this year. Now, 
cat's out the bag or the baby's out the tummy well the baby's not out the tummy actually it's in my tummy but you know what I mean I, I don't know where I was going with that but I'm having a baby basically and Tasha's just taken a baby so today's riddle for you uh Mrs Jiminy Cricket is um wh- what age do I take my baby to Disneyland Paris so I mean learn learn from my I wouldn't really call my experience a mistake because it was still really fun but definitely I think if I were to do it again, I would have done it at a slightly different time. So I think the issue that we had is we went with a almost one year old who was a crawler. Now, obviously, Disneyland, very busy, lots of people around, concrete floors everywhere, can't let him out to just crawl around. And he was considering that he was very good being in his pram most of the times or in our arms or in the carrier, the carrier while we were queuing for rides. But I think he did get a little bit frustrated. And there were certain times where we did think maybe we should pop back to the hotel just to give him a stretch of his legs. And actually, we didn't end up doing that because we ended up queuing on the day we were going to do it to see Mickey. And instead, what we did is we let him just kind of crawl around in the queue because it's inside. And, you know, some people probably thought we were mental doing that. But he was the star of the show. Everyone loved him. He made lots of people in the queue laughed and, and probably helped pass the time a bit, I think. So I think it was a good idea, all in all. But I think, yeah, next time, taking that into consideration, I would avoid going with a baby who is just on the move. I would go either with a child who is walking, doesn't even have to be a confident walker, but just doing a few steps. I think that would make such a difference in terms of them being able to get out of a pram, have a little walk around, feel like they're exploring. Babies at that age are obviously, you know, starting to know their own minds. They're very inquisitive, very curious. But if you're going to do that, I would recommend taking a pair of baby reins because you don't want your baby running off into the crowds and you losing them forever. Um, So yeah, that would be, my advice would be to go with a walker. And how cute as well, the idea of your baby taking like first little waddly steps in, in Disneyland in front of the castle. I mean, again, expectation versus reality. Um, or I would go pre-crawling. And obviously that's quite hard with a baby because they all crawl at at different times. Um, But I would, if I was going with a, like a newborn again, and this is, this is for, you know, people that have been on Disney trips before. If you've never been to Disneyland, this is a whole nother topic of conversation, I would say. But I would say, the six month mark would probably be perfect. It's unlikely they're going to be crawling unless they are an early crawler. And even if they are, they're probably not crawling that much or they're probably on the cusp. So they're probably still going to be quite happy just being pushed around all day. But at that age as well, they'll also be starting solids. So you can keep them happy with snacks and things in the pram if they're starting to get a little bit restless. Um, But they will still primarily be either bottle fed or breastfed, however you're choosing to feed your baby. So you don't have to worry about where they're going to eat and meal times and things like that. Um, plus they can sit up at that age, they can hold their head up. So they're going to be in the, like the sitting up bit of the pram, not the lying down bassinet anymore. So they'll actually be able to see more. They'll be able to take more in. So yeah, I think if it was me going again or say, you know, if I'm fortunate to have future children, I would wait until that baby was six months old. 
So you'd wait till they were six months old and then you'd probably not go between kind of maybe nine to 12 months because that's going to be at that frustrating age where they're on the move, but they're not quite walking. And yeah, I, I think that's really, really good advice. I will heed that advice. I was actually thinking about taking the baby at Christmas, but particularly if they're late, then they're only going to be about three or four months old. So that might be a little bit young. So it's looking more likely to be beginning of 2024, probably. And um, really interesting point that you made there as well. And obviously, you know, today you're being my conscience. So you gave very good advice to me. But it is true what you were saying about it's very different if it's your first time. I think for anybody, if it was their first time, I'd probably say to wait until the child was about three, because, you know, you want them to get a lot out of it. You want them to be able to engage in loads of things. Also, another factor as well, it depends how many times you're planning on going again. Because if you're only going once with your child, I'd probably say wait till they're maybe six or seven, because then they'll be able to go on even more. So it's, yeah, it's that balance of, are you a frequent park goer versus have you been before? It's really frustrating, actually. I was hoping to get an annual pass this year. That was my plan. I was like, let's let's just do it. Tash, you and me, let's get annual passes. I'm on mat leave. We'll go down to Disneyland. Even if we went three times within the year, we'd make our money. Uh, but they've, they've frozen the sale of annual passes. It's like they knew, Tash. I know. Well, hopefully they'll bring them back next year. Yeah, that's what we can hope. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, uh, Madame Jiminy, for your uh, words of wisdom. And if anybody else listening in has got experience of taking very, very young mini children or babies to Disneyland Paris or any Disney park, do let us know. Once again, our Twitter is at Chat Disney UK. Or Instagram at Chat Disney. Next week, Tash will be talking about her experience at Winnie the Pooh, the musical, which I'm very very excited about I don't know anything about this musical I'm going to purposely not research anything and I look forward to hearing your analysis absolutely well I will be uh telling you all the details I don't know much about it myself either but but there we go I'm in for a, a, a surprise um but that is all for now we will see you same time same time same place next week bye for now bye. thank you goodbye now goodbye goodbye thank you goodbye